Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with the industry's biggest names. I'm your host, Alan Seals, and your guest today is Ilda Mason. She is making her feature film debut right now in this little movie called West Side Story, directed by this up-and-coming director named Steven Spielberg. Oh my gosh, she's over the moon excited. She's such a fun and caring person and just being thrown into this world of major motion pictures and having worked with Steven Sondheim, of course, because this is West Side Story, he was with them through the whole creative process, the stories that she has working with Sondheim and Spielberg and the rest of the phenomenal cast. It's just amazing. This is a great episode. And Ilda, of course, is, oh my gosh, she is just such a delight to talk to. I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I do. Please leave a rating and a review wherever you are listening now. And everybody, please enjoy this episode with Ilda Mason. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com income. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here you go. One, two, three. Today's guest is having a whirlwind of a ride lately. She is a Panama native. One Panama's second season of Dancing with the Stars made her Broadway debut in 2020 in the revival of West Side Story and in a strange twist of fate is now making her feature film debut starring as Luz in the Steven Spielberg adaptation of West Side Story. Ilda Mason, welcome to the theater podcast. Ooh, thank you so much for having me, Alan. I am so excited to talk to you. You are just like getting shot out of a cannon. I love how, how, I, gosh, with this movie, or I guess with the recent string of movies that have come out in terms of, of either pro shots of theater, of Broadway films, or sorry, in pro shots of Broadway shows or the movie adaptations of, of these stories, everything all of a sudden like, coming out of COVID is just making theater and the arts so accessible to people. And I am so excited that people like yourself, not necessarily that have major history of, of, I guess like it's not stunt casting, right? You're not, every single person doesn't need to be a known entity. And so 
I want to get into your past because I feel like you you have such a unique history and have br- and are bringing su- such a different kind of uh, I guess persona to to the screen. So you grew up in Panama. Let's start there. <laughs> yes, I was born and raised in Panama. I actually moved here to New York eight years ago um, to study musical theater and acting for film. I. Since I was in high school, I knew that I wanted to do this, that I wanted to do film, TV, musical theater. I I fell in love with it. I had this feeling that even though I did not know how I was going to do it, I just like, I'm going to go abroad. Don't even, I didn't know even which city, which school, nothing. It's like, I'm going to go abroad and I'm going to do this. And yes, I studied actually structural architecture. I was going to ask about that. You got a degree in structural architecture, which does not seem to lend itself to theater, film, or dance. (laughs) Correct. I studied it as a plan B just to have something because I knew like this is a very competitive career. So I was like, well, while I'm between gigs, I can work as an architect. Wrong. Little bit. I know. I did not have the, you know, the the purpose to work here in the United States. And because my like skills are more like, I don't know. I, I like to work with my hands. So like I couldn't even work virtually, remotely, you know, um, but that's fine. That's okay. Um, those four years actually meant that I was able to work doing theater in Panama. That's where I like then did Dancing with the Stars in Panama. So it was huge because when I got here, I realized that I need to, you know, apply for visas, green card, the whole thing. And I needed to have that solid resume from my home country. So everything happened for a reason. Oh, that's interesting. I I feel like this is probably another instance of if you knew how hard it was going to be, you wouldn't have done it. So like because of ignorance, (laughs) so many people are where they are because they started trying things not knowing how hard that path was going to be. I, I, you know what, that's what the, one of the things I was just talking to a friend of mine about it, like kids and babies, they just try stuff. They just learn stuff. They just do it without knowing, you know, like learning languages, anything that kids do is just out of curiosity. They don't know what they can't do. You know, they don't have these notions of, oh, it's so hard. It's going to take me how long? No, 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 no. I could never. So it's a good mentality to go, you know, out and out. What? That's the, English. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the in in Panama, then when did you start really dancing? And like, what what got you into movies and theater in the first place? Well, I started dancing when I was like four or five. I think it was like five, um, and I did it on and off. I started with ballet and did it on and off because I was very fortunate. My parents allowed me to like explore many different, you know. Th- things and arts and stuff. I did like have keto for a month. <laughs> just, I was just drawn to it. So I got to paint, play instruments, dance, like I got to do a bit of everything. And then I realized how much I missed being on stage. Like specifically, I remember that feeling. And that's when it all like started like clicking in my brain. Just in that year, I also was able to do my first musical. It was Grease in high school and you know it was a high school production and I mm-hmm. was living my best life <laughs> I I don't know I knew that that's what I wanted to do yeah well okay so then you're in you're in performing arts and and there's a lot that uh that I think is worth mentioning in terms of everything that's been happening in the last couple of years in terms of of COVID and the pandemic and the racial uh social awakening and everything that's been going on with representation or lack thereof and calling attention to it. And there's so many times when, when you just hear people or me, I've heard people in my career path, it's people like, if you can see it, you can be it. And I want to, I want to kind of dive into or shine a spotlight on sort of how you got to where you are, because there are so many people, um, young people right now that still in 2021, as we are recording this, are not seeing themselves represented on stage, in movies, or whatever the case is. So what was it about this for you that you're like, I don't even, like, did you not notice it? Were you, was it, I guess, I guess there's two parts of the question. What was it that brought you to it? And did representation matter or lack thereof? But then now that you are in this movie, that is highlighting this amazing culture and bringing Latinx 
representation to a Steven Spielberg level movie? How does, you know, what is the responsibility that goes along with that? So two parts of that question. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, I think I was very uh, lucky that when I got here, I was put into this box of like, and it was a beautiful box to be in. It was like, oh, you're Latina. So you should be in West Side Story. You should be in In the Highs. You should be in these projects that I, you know, I did not know West Side Story before I got here, which is terrible, but I just didn't grow up with it, you know, in Panama. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was such a gift to get here. And my first job was West Side Story in in Signature Theater. It was a beautiful production. It it was, you know, I've never been so proud to be a Latina. In Panama, I just was. And until I came to this country, then it was like, what are you? And I was like, what do you mean? What am I? Oh, you're, you know, I was classified, kind of. But that worked in my favor because of where I come from, the language I speak and who I am. I was able to authentically tell these stories. I mean, was a story is a masterpiece. And yeah, just basically I was just very, I think, uh, like fortunate to have been welcomed into this because it's such beautiful work, you know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It could have been like, oh, I felt alienated. I felt, you know, I missed my home, but I just always felt very welcomed because of it. And now being a part of it, it's a huge honor. And, and yes, a huge responsibility, but I was so hungry for it. Like I have pages up on pages up on pages on my journal when I was auditioning for it. And I was just like, please let me do this. Like, I can do this. Let me tell my story. You know, I, I was, I wrote like imaginary essays to Steven Spielberg in case they were to ask, why should we cast you? (laughs) 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 And it was just like, like, come on. Like, I want to, I don't want to go see the movie and then have someone who, you know, it's not, a true representation of our culture. And I'm so happy that it, it is. Like you will see every color of the rainbow in like in the movie and like the spectrum of what it is to be a Latinx person. I love that. It's it's really beautiful. And I I cannot wait to to see the reaction when it, uh, we're recording this the day before it's released publicly. So it's December 9th when we're recording this. So the reviews are out already. They're phenomenal. Everything is going great. Uh, I, I, the personal connection to me, I've known Ari for Ariana DeBose for a long time from her. So you think you can dance days. So like coming into all of this and seeing, seeing everyone's trajectory and and there's like Mike faced in the movie and all of these just amazing Broadway people that it makes sense, right? Cause it's a dancing movie, but then you merge it with the Steven Spielbergs and, and you like, me, right, grew up on Jurassic Park and E.T. and all of these other movies and to then be alongside literally you're standing next to dancing with and working with these icons that you have that you have just been watching your entire life. You are grinning and nodding so hard right now. <laughs> yes, I am. And I, like, my cheeks hurt as you're describing this because that's exactly it. Like it's, it, 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 it was pretty unbelievable. Like I right here, I have, I have a photo of the whole cast with Steven Spielberg, Justin Peck, everyone is there. And I just cannot believe it. It's, and to be surrounded by such, not even, the word is not to be surrounded with, like to be working with them, like alongside them is like, Ariana is like so fierce. And Rachel is such an angel. The talent of the whole cast, Mike Feist, my God, I like saw him and I could barely speak when I first <laughs> saw the film because I was just like, I can't, I don't even, I don't, I don't, you were, <laughs> you know, he's incredible. And I did not play it cool. Um, no pun intended. When he was <laughs> I told him, I was like, sir, I love your work. I love Jurassic Park. I gave him a, a, um, like a card. I saw this pop-up card that had a, it was literally a Jurassic Park card. That was specific. <laughs> it was black with like, the logo wasn't gold. And when you open it, it was a golden T-Rex inside. I was like, I need to, I need to get this for him. I wanted it for myself, but I was like, hmm, who else would love a dinosaur card? It's, it was, 
this all feels like a dream. This is a dream come true. Well, walk me, walk me through how you fell into this dream because I, I, I heard a little bit of the story, but I want you to tell it again here because I feel like in it, to summarize that basically you, through an open call, you beat 30,000 other people. <laughs> Long story short. Wow. When you put it that way, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, um, yeah, like I got this audition. I didn't have an agent, a manager, nothing, nothing. So you're still in Panama or were you here? So I was here. However, I went to Panama to visit my parents, you know? Um, so I was there for like two weeks and I, friends started sending me this, this poster on um, like Facebook, Instagram, all these things. They're like, you need to audition for this. You need to be in this. Like, oh, what is this? I couldn't believe it. Like, my God. But my friends were so like, you have, you're perfect. You're going to be in this. It was like that, actually. It was like, you're going to be in this. Send the video. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Okay. And so I was in Panama and that was the first and only audition that I have done in front of my parents. You know, I've now done many stuff tapes, but that one, I was at home, no setup. I had no lights, no anything, no tripod, I think. Um, my dad was pressing play on the, on the music, the piano. My mom was water- watering the plants. I had to be like, mom, I can hear the water. You need to stop. It's like, what? What are you doing? I'm doing an audition. What? Stop watering the plants. <laughs> Did that and then got a call back a couple of weeks later. Got to like go in for Anita, got to read. And then months later, um, they were doing dance auditions across the country. And I was touring with uh, the Gloria Stefan Broadway show On Your Feet. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't allowed to leave because I needed to be in the show. I was a swing. So um, I was very lucky when finally I was allowed to leave for the last of the auditions. It was in Miami. So I flew across the country for this. And I mean, as many people did, I'm sure. Um, And it was two days of dancing. We got to dance, sing, act. Then later I got an email email that said, Dear Ilda, Steven Spielberg loved your audition and would love to bring you into work more with him. I was like, I, there was a moment that I thought it was a joke. Like it was a you know, I was like, this could not be real. This is, this is not real. <laughs> Actually, like we went in, met him and the whole team, got to sing again, dance, read. It was, I could barely, I was like, please just be normal. Be a normal person. Be a normal person. <laughs> you just met him. This is, it's so tattooed in my brain. And then I did not hear for six months. For six months, I didn't hear a word. Wow. Yeah. So it, I, the first audition I sent in February 2018, and I heard back April 2019, a week before I was starting rehearsals for the movie. <sighs> yeah. Wait, uh, wow, I thought that this happened years prior. Okay, so it's April 2019. You start then immediately going to rehearsals, and I know that that photography wrapped in 2019, yeah. right before COVID ever hit. Yeah, in September we wrapped. So April to September then was was full rehearsal to filming? Yeah. Through filming? Wow. The best summer of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, yeah, and you didn't have to go anywhere. It was here in in New York. How beautiful. Oh, that's great. And then I guess knowing what you put together, knowing, I mean, not allowed to talk about all of this in in the moment, right? It's all super secret and, and there's a couple things leaking out here and there. And obviously being in New York that there's photos that leak all over the place. But um, I guess when COVID hit, the movie was supposed to come out earlier, right? So then COVID hit and were were you, what were you told from the inside? Like, did Steven just, you know, Mr. Stevie, did he, did he just text you and was like, Ilda, all right, listen, I'm sorry. Um, The movie's going to be postponed or like, what happened at that point? Well, Steven Spielberg, certainly did not text me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but we were told by the production just how like they were planning to, to postpone it because it deserves such a, you know, a cinematic release. Like we, but the the message was really beautiful because he was like, we worked really hard on this. You worked really hard on this and we want it to be experienced and we will be able to celebrate how it should be celebrated. So it was, I was super chill when I got those news because First of all, they know what they're doing. <laughs> and two, I agreed. I was like, I don't want, I don't want to watch this on TV. I want to 
go to the movie theaters. This is my first ever movie. I want to do exactly what I'm doing right now. Like my parents are here. They flew from Panama to come watch the movie with me. We're going tomorrow, have tickets. It's going to be a cry fest. It's, 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 we went, had two premieres. I can't even process still. The LA premiere was beyond, beyond. I'm looking back thinking, did I even pay attention to everything? Because it was so big, so Mm -hmm. overwhelming, so unbelievable. There are there are several shows that I feel like looking back at the canon of theater history that just changed changed the game for for everything right and now in, in this year like this time frame it's like the Hamiltons and the six the sixes right yeah. so Hamilton brought in a whole new style of of. I guess music, right? Music and storytelling into what is now can be called traditional Broadway musical uh, theater uh, storytelling. And, you know, you back up and what got me involved in theater years and years ago was Rent, right? So that was another one of those those game changers. And before that, of course, there was Phantom and there was Chicago. And then you keep going back. And West Side Story was one of the... Actually, I just said Rent got me into it. Rent was one of the, was the first Broadway show I saw that made me realize that I wanted to be involved. But when I was a teeny weeny little boy, um, I wore out the VHS tape of West Side Story, and because it got my parents, that show got my parents into musical theater, which then they were watching, and then I was that got me into it. Oh, how beautiful! And it, it's it's this full circle sort of thing, and now you are part of this of what's going to become another legacy. Because when you attach a story like this, written by a great man like Stephen Sondheim, which I want to touch on too, and directed by someone with a history of making things that are just phenomenal, Steven Spielberg, with a cast like you've got, this is going to be... I mean, God, what a first movie to find yourself in. Yes, everything after this is going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's only, it's only up from here. Only going up from here. Right, thank you. Thank but you. But do you, do you look at... Do you step back? And have you reflected on this yet? I mean, the movie isn't even publicly out yet. Tomorrow is the public release. But have you looked yet to feel to see like... Holy shit, what just happened to me? Yeah, there are a few moments in which, because it's so much, like I, if I really were to like stop, think about it, I would just start, start sobbing. And I've realized mm. that I'm not one of those like people that cry and can speak. I'm just like, uh, uh, so I, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was the other day I was singing, I was looking for a new song and it was, um, oh my God, it's a quiet thing. Um, and it's a, such a simple song. And I started singing it, rehearsing it, and had to stop and started just sobbing because that's how this feels. When it all comes true, just the way you planned, you'd think you'd hear a choir sing, but it's a quiet thing. It's like, you'd think there would be fireworks. Where's the roaring of the crowd? And it's like, no, it's, it's very quiet. It's inside. And I started crying just because I couldn't believe that I'm here. I left Panama, eight years ago with this dream, my parents were like, yes, we believe in you. Go do it. People here welcomed me with open arms and supported me to be able to obtain my visa, um, my green card. It's it's taken like so much more than people even can think of because I'm not from here. And it's like, it is a cliche to say a dream come true, but this is a dream come true. This is something that I would have never I jokingly had said to my parents, oh, take a photo with me and my future boss, Steven Spielberg, at the Wax Museum, Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't actually believe it. You know, I, I, and now after doing this, I like, I realized that nothing is actually impossible. I have that feeling just like that kids have of like, well, nothing is impossible, right? I can do anything. That's how I felt while doing this movie. And I am so, it's so funny when you were saying, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but oh, no, no. the feeling of like, what do you, you don't talk about, about like, so 
auditioning, what's next? I am so, at the same time that I'm so grateful and so excited, I'm also a little anxious because I'm like, okay, how can I continue? You know, how can I make sure that I make the most out of this moment, learn what I need to learn and keep going? Because this is, like I said, I moved here to do this. So I, I'm just so hungry for it. I want to keep acting and I am not afraid to like work my way up to this level again, you know, because this is so out of this world. This is so ginormous. I didn't actually understand the the proportion of it all until I was like at the premiere watching the movie and seeing the whole event. It's like, this is, and also you cannot walk a block in New York City without seeing the advertisement for the movie. It's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a bunch of feelings all together. We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's interesting. I keep coming back to Andre DeShields' is. Tony acceptance speech a couple of years ago when, you know, a, an older gentleman been in this business forever, won his first Tony finally after just an incredible career of, of accolades. And, you know, he's just like, the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. And yes, that that's bittersweet because you work hard and you work hard and you keep climbing and you keep climbing and you get to the top of your mountain and then realize you're never at the top. Uh-huh. And that can either be, depending on how you look at it, and this is where the mental health thing comes yes. into, into play because speaking from personal experience, I, I climbed to the top of my mountain, realize that there's a, a, an infinite number of other mountains I haven't climbed yet. And in the past, I've gotten really overwhelmed. I've gotten really discouraged because I'm like, why am I, doing, why am I climbing any mountain when I'm never going to reach the top? There is no top. But yeah. then... The more that I go on, and the and and I'm fortunate to say I've had a little bit of success, I guess, well, in that. Yes, you have. <laughs> in in various things, and it's deciding what's important to you, and remembering the the outcome, the flip side, the aftermath of the downsides. Right. So instead of saying, "Oh, I'm whole, I'm so sad right now." I needed this to go away. I need to be better again. Now it's, I'm going to sit in this. I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm going to, like my little dark passenger, I'm, it's here. Let me talk to it for a second. And then I'm going to focus on knowing that based on past experience, that I'm going to have something positive that's going to happen again to offset this later. But in the moment, it really stinks. Yes. Yes. It's, it's truly a, a balance now. It, it's, and you're absolutely right. It depends on how you look at it because 
and this is where I think exactly mental health, like it, like in, in investing in our mental health comes into play. Also being surrounded by the right people and people who support you and that you support, you know, it's a, a healthy relationship comes in because I went to LA, right. And got to hang out with one of my beautiful closest friends. And he was like, you need to enjoy it right now because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And you cannot just only think about, okay, how can I continue to do this? You need to enjoy this right now because it is happening right now. And it sounds so simple. And yet it isn't because we are not just one emotion. It's not just like, it takes the work, the mental work of, okay, sit here and whatever is happening is happening. Live in it, whether it is this huge high or what in our minds may feel like the ultimate low or I don't know. Um, but I, I have found, I was just before talking to you, I found I, myself thinking, did I actually enjoy it as much as I could have? It was just happening all so fast. And, oh. you know, it feels like it happened too fast. But at the same time, it wasn't. It was a whole, a whole thing. It's, it's the emotions are so larger than life because it is so larger than life. <laughs> but it's important to enjoy the moment. I, <laughs> I, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. And when you're in the moment, right, and you think back on, think back on it. I mean, even even, even as a child, I, I think back to this one particular summer camp that I had when I was probably second, third, fourth grade, maybe. And literally, it was only a week. As an adult, I'm like, it was a week. The week goes by in the blink of an eye. But it was the longest, one of the most enjoyable, one of the most happy times I've ever had as a child. And in my mind, it seems like the one of the longest things I have ever done. But it was literally like five days. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so so when you're thinking about, you know, uh the rehearsal process seems like two weeks, two weeks for a rehearsal process or two months or whatever it is, depending on what the show is or what the movie is or what the case is, like it, it's going by so fast because in the moment you're you're concentrating on am am at least you know, speaking for myself here, am I good enough? Am I doing what they need? Am I learning my lines? Do I need to move here? Am, is, am I kicking high enough? What if I hurt myself? All of these things are going through your head, right? Yes. But then at one point, at what point do you remember to just say, you know what? Stop and look around. I'm at the top of this mountain right now. I need to stop and enjoy the view for a second. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it requires that moment of like, as if you, you know, when you're like at a place and you're like, oh, I want to take a photo to remember this forever. It needs to be exactly that. You need to stop for a second. And that is, it's not about the photo. It's about you mentally capturing it. Like Pam in the office. when I was going to say that. Where they're like, you're you're not, I, click. Yeah. Click. Uh, what are you doing? I'm taking mental yeah. photos. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild how uh, in life is so short. And it, it just happens like this. It's like big moments, small moments. A day can feel so, so big and so life-changing. I remember exactly what the sky looked like after my dance audition in Miami. I went to the, after the audition, I went to the beach and it was beautiful. It was like lilac and purple and pink and a little bit of orange in it. It was the most magical sky I had had ever seen. And I don't know, those those are the things that you keep forever. This is something I don't know if I'll ever be able to express in words fully. I'm going to get existential for a moment yes. and ask you, why, why does all of this matter to you? Mm. Why, why not just be a structural architect? Why not just do something as a plan, like the plan B job, right? Yeah. Why does this matter? Why was this your dream? Okay, so I've been thinking about this lately. Like there's... Uh, there's, I got here and it was like, there's nothing else I want to, I, I want to do. And I know that we are more than just one thing, you know, I'm sure I can find other things that I would be good at that I would enjoy doing. But this is what my heart not only like wants, it longs for this. I go to the movies and I love the trailers because the experience I get from the trailers makes me almost forget the movie that I'm going to watch. I get chills. I get so inspired by watching these projects and thinking, 
wow, what was it like to do that? I would love to do that. What did it take to do that? Like it's, how can I be a part of something like that? Now being really existential, I would, I, I find myself like longing to live a very long life or come back to live many other lives because I want to see what happens in the future. Like <laughs> I want to see what happens. I want to see what's, what's going on a, a thousand years from now. <laughs> um, and I think acting is a way to do that, to live many lives, like doing movies. Imagine like Matthew McConaughey, like he went to space in Interstellar oh, and man. then played such like a, like a real, you know, like think of any celebrity that's done like in, in the range of characters that they have portrayed, they are allowed, they, they can see themselves doing possible things. I want to be able to do that. I want to go to space. That is a huge like goal of mine. I want to like be in a space movie, like a good space movie, like Christopher Nolan, Dennis Villeneuve type of like, what is going on? Project, you know, <laughs> the ones that are like, what is happening? And you're like, no one knows, but it, we're doing it. That and the opposite, like super day-to-day life, real world, like marriage story types of, of projects. Like I want to be able to live those many, many lives in a way. Yeah, that's what I, I want to do that in this one lifetime. No one has ever put that so eloquently before, I think. And what you said was you want to live multiple lifetimes and acting allows you to live multiple lives in a single lifetime. That <laughs> That is so brilliantly explained. I want the, I'm gonna get that tattooed on my butt now. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for the butt placement. It means a lot. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm living multiple lives. I'm showing you my butt. Um, no, it's it's true though because I think there's so much there's so so much to to going on. And I've said this so many times on this podcast that going on an emotional journey with strangers in a room, like in a theater or in a, in a movie theater or in a, a, a stage theater, yeah. um, you're going in this journey, you're, you're experiencing, you're activating the empathetic portion of your brain that you can't, you can't experience, can't have practice having empathy without actually going through it. You like, there's a difference between imagining what people are going through and actually seeing it. And that's what theater and art allows you to do. Like we're yes. storytelling animals. And so that's part of why we're so, as a species, are so attracted to it. And it, it's it's interesting because you were saying that you like you're feeling all these things, and what when you're watching the trailers. And I wonder if it it's different for for different people. But some people are so unable to express themselves in real life that the only way they know how is through through acting or through watching people act. Right, watching these stories, and then. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, some people are, wear their emotions so high, you know, so so much on their sleeves, so high out in the in the world yeah. that that's the only way they know how to relate. They have to be on stage because normal society that doesn't emote like they can yeah. or that they do won't won't necessarily accept them. So they get on stage and they can just emote and have yes. all of this expression pour out of them, and that's their way of feeling normal at the end of the day. Isn't that beautiful? How like art is so it like touches and changes lives. How like I when you were just saying that, I can think of dancer friends who just like, oh, it just oozes out of them. It's something so special. It feels magical. You know, it feels like they were touched by an angel almost. Um, in the same way, like or thinking about how a project, let's say a movie that was made years ago will touch someone's life, not even today when the movie or tomorrow when the movie comes out, but years, years later, you know, someone might see it for the first time and feel something because of it. That's that's the truth with every movie that is out there. We haven't seen, well, I haven't seen all the movies that exist. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch a movie one day soon that I have never watched and people have already been inspired by it. And I'm going to, you know, that's not eloquent at all, but I'm just trying to say how how beautiful and touching this art form is theater and film and TV. Like it's. Well, it's, it's interesting what you said. Um, you know, we're talking about the acting side of it, the performing side of it, but there's so much to TV 
film theater that's not just actors, right? Because you look at someone like Steven Spielberg is an artist. He's not in front of the camera, but he's creating. And then the director of photography and the props person and the costume designer and the set designer and the art designer. And this is creating an atmosphere and an environment that all has to work together. And if one thing's out of place, the whole thing doesn't really work. So there's tons of ways to be involved and tons of ways to express yourself. Some people love, they have to create, but they can't sing, they can't act, they don't want to sing, they don't want to act for whatever reason, right? So they end up creating, they're creating drawings, which get turned into costumes, or they're creating models, It's like they love working with their hands, so they take the models that get turned into the set pieces that the carpenters have to build because they love to build. So there's all these different aspects of the industry and I know we are just like all over the place, but I love talking about this stuff. No, me too. Uh, <laughs> but there, and you know, editing trailers, there are people whose job it is, is just to edit a trailer together. So the way you edit a trailer yeah. affects you, affects other people. My, it, it, there's, there's so much that can be done. Wait, can I say something just because you said trailers? Please. So I was looking for like trailers. Uh, a friend was asking me for like, oh, can you send me one that you're in it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't remember. There's so many. And I went back to the very first one, the one that was shown at the Oscars this year. And I watched it. And it gave me goosebumps again. Like I was glued to it. I have seen the movie now three times. I was part of it. I have seen the trailer. I've seen many trailers to the point that I, there was a point watching the movies that I was like, oh, that's right. This is in the movie. I had watched so many trailers that the trailers had become the movie in my mind. Um, no pun intended again, but I love it. Musical theater references. But just that, like, that trailer was so good. That And the music, the music. Let's not even talk about the music of it all. Oh my gosh. Um, and it, it's, I have no words. Goosebumps, just like from watching it again. That one, first one, first glimpse of it all. Oh, ugh. What about, so we mentioned Sondheim recently. So he just died a couple weeks ago after Thanksgiving. And was he part of the, the pre-production or the production at all when you guys were filming? Oh, yes. He was very much a part of it the whole time. Really? He, he was in the recording studio always. And we were so lucky that we got to have a session. Like it was him, Tony Kushner, Steven Spielberg, just talking to us as a cast and what it was like. Legends. I know. I was like, we were all freaking out. <laughs> we were like, what is happening? <laughs> and to just see how, how they spoke about this project. I mean, I cannot imagine what it must have, what, what it must have felt to Steven Sondheim to have the work that he did in his mid twenties transcend Life, life, everything that 64 years later is still as perfect, relevant, and you know, as ever. How that is a genius, and that he was a gift to humanity. I mean, not just theater, mm-hmm. because even people who are not like theater geeks or, you know, I am sure. They have been touched by one of his shows, by one of his lyrics, even if they don't know where it comes from. Well, it, it's what we were talking about near the beginning, right? West Side Story specifically has influenced so many people. And whether it was West Side Story or one of his other shows, there are so many people that are in the industry or have been influenced to by somebody else in the industry, whatever the case is, because they got influenced by a Sondheim or a Kushner or a Spielberg and to put them all together for this project. I, I just, this has got to be one of the most perfect movies ever made because of everything that has gone into it and the care and the love and the fact that, like you said, it's this story that still resonates today as much as it did when he originally wrote it in his twenties. That's both sad and you know, nice, but <laughs> yes. when you yes. talk about the the racist aspect, is not good that that's still here. 
Exactly. Not good. <laughs> but it's good that we're calling attention to it again in a way that I think is going to be very productive. I, agree. I hope it will be. Yes, I, I hope that it sparks conversation. And and I think that's what art does in a way in theater and in film. Like it, It's a work that is done. It, you, you experience it and you interpret it however way you, you do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if, if we can get people thinking about, hey, yeah, that's not, but that's what's happening right now. Oof, this... There is one thing, one scene that I'm really, really excited for people to see because it's different than the original. And it is so about today and what's happening. But at the same time, it isn't. But it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just incredible how, how this art form is allowed, can, can not be shared with the whole world, with millions of people. It's very accessible also. and. I love that you said that it's made with so much love and care because that is all I can say about this film. It was made with so much love and care. So much research was put into it to make it as authentic as possible. There were consultants from every single aspect of, you know, what you said, the many things that, that need to be, that take place in a movie or a show. It was, I think you can see it. Actually, I think when you see the film, you can see that there is a lot of love and care into it. Right. Right. No, that's that's what I think makes a great movie. And again, there's so many pieces of it. There's the sound design and the editing and the the this and the that. But when you get somebody like a, a, a Sondheim story with a Spielberg film, and these are two people that don't put out something they don't love. They they research and they and they refine and they refine and they refine and and that and to your point earlier about when the production team called and said we're not going to release this now. This deserves to be seen on a big screen. That just speaks to the fact that it's not it's not a money grab. It's not meeting production deadlines. It's it's not trying to recoup. It's it's making exactly. a a product that is going to be delivered exactly how it should be. And the world changes and they have to adapt. And I, I respect that so much. Me too. Me too. There are so, there's so much more. There are so many things that are so much more important than money. Even though money rules the world, it, is, it takes big guts to be like, we're not going to do this for the money. And I know that it, you know, it, and that can be done in smaller levels, like two. It's like, I'm not going to do this because I don't believe in this. I don't know. Producer, this, the, 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 the things that these people stand for, the, the story, it can be many things. When, have you seen the movies that made us? Yes, yes. If there's the one thing that I have learned from it all, from that series, is that when you do something with love, like great things come out of when you do things, <clears throat> you do something with love. You can see how these people made these classics that when they had no money, no budget, no anything, the, you know, how Jurassic Park came to be and how like the digital T-Rex was introduced. It's all just people believing in themselves and what they can do, what they can bring to the table and not because like, I'm going to be paid a lot of money. No, it's because it would, the love shows. It just does. Yeah, I love that episode of, of the movies that made us about Jurassic Park because, like, they originally were going to use claymation stop motion, and and then somebody with after being told not to went and animated a T Rex yes. anyway, and that's yes. that's the model the computer that was the first time computer graphics had ever been put into a movie like that, like that. Yeah, that just takes guts and that takes believing and believing you can do it. That's yeah. an, it's an incredible story. So everybody, yes, watch that episode or watch the whole series. The whole series is great, watch but particularly that episode. Yes. I mean, and you see the movie today and you're like, that is that T-Rex is there. It's there. It's there. It's, I cannot believe it. That was in, why oh my God. Yeah. It really does just believing in yourself and kind of almost not thinking too much ahead of yourself, you know, just go to the one step that is in front of you. Okay. What's next? And believing that the next one is going to be like, it's going to appear in front of it. Because if we stop to think about it, it's too daunting. It's too much. You're going to say, how could I possibly ever? And that's where you stop yourself from even 
starting. I like, I, I believe that like inspiration comes like from like people to people or, or like there's like projects that, you know, from everywhere. But, um, I, my biggest, I don't know, example of inspiration that I've had is my best friend. I met her in, um, the non-equity tour of Cinderella. And I, at that moment, I, she booked, um, she booked the Miss Saigon Broadway show, the revival. And we had just met and by her just booking that job, I was like, wait a minute, it is possible because she just like me, like she is an immigrant. She's from Malaysia. She did not have a green card. She was non-equity. And till that day, I had stopped myself from going to these Broadway auditions just because I was like, I don't have an agent. I'm non-equity. I know that I'm that I have so many steps to become equity. I need to get a green card. I know blah, 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 blah. How could I possibly ever be, you know? How could they choose me above like someone else? And I realized if you, if you don't go to the audition, you're not going to get the job, girl. Like You mm-hmm. need to go. You need to try. And later, I remember that was specifically for Cats and um, Chicago. Those are two auditions that I was like, I, they, I could never. And thinking of the people that would be better than me. And years later, then there I am with cast members from those shows doing a movie together, doing mm-hmm. another Broadway show together. I'm like, you, you were stopping yourself. Yep. We do that so much. We need to stop it. I need to stop it. <laughs> no, that, that's exactly right. Because if you don't try, if you don't try, you'll never know. And, and you know, what, is, what do they say about the business, right? It's a third talent, a third drive, and a third luck. And so, or which is being at the right place at the right time. So yeah, it's aside from just being talented, which of course you need to be anyway, but a lot of it is just a numbers game because yeah, if, if you, (laughs) if you don't go to the auditions, you're never going to have the chance and you learn, you learn from others. You learn from what you do wrong. Like people, you need to go and you need to fail. Failure is good. And again, going back to what we were talking about earlier was, you know, acknowledging the bad feelings when they come, but realizing there's going to be a next time. There's going to be a better time. There's, you're going to, you're going to keep on moving because that's life. So if you, defeat yourself before you ever get started. That's one of my my biggest frustrations with people sometimes. I see so much talent and I say, well, you know, all you got to do is in my mind, I think all you got to do is just go ABC or just go over there and do one, two, three. And they're like, mm, no, I, I, I'm just not, I'm not even going to try because I don't, I don't want to make the time because I just won't get it. I'm like, well, you're definitely not going to get it if you don't even leave the house. Definitely. Exactly. For sure. 10 out of 10. Not gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in this business is guaranteed, except if you don't go, you're not gonna get it. Yeah, exactly. We are still not Meryl Streep, and and getting the calls of being like, "Hey, Meryl, do you want to be in this movie?" Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Meryl Streep is good for almost every movie, probably not West Side Story. So you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> God, who knows? Let's see an alternate universe in which she's like a character. It would, I assure you, it might be like. Oh my God! Who knew? They'll <laughs> <Who knew? laughs> do a gender swapped West Side Story one day, and she can be Riff. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Best selling movie of all time. Oh God! Now this will be. So let's wrap up here with three standard closing questions that I ask everyone to wrap up the episodes. The first one is just what motivates you. Wow. Oh God! Such a simple question, huh? <laughs> what motivates me? My parents, I, they, they believed in me. They sacrificed a lot for me to be here. Wow. And um, I just want to make them proud. I want to like, yeah, I want to, I want to be able to like provide for them how they did for me for so many years. I want to take care of them. Yeah. Wow, that, is, that is such a not American way of thinking. it's like i want to grow i want to get successful so i can take care of my parents because they took care of me you don't hear american kids say that (laughs) oh god thank you (laughs) americans such entitled little people we are um okay so next question what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path okay definitely 
do not try to be someone else. I know people say this a lot, like be yourself. So I said, do not try to be someone else. So I changed it. But it's true because I found myself doing that so much. And still I'm just like, you know, I found myself being like, oh, I wish I could sing like this person, sound like this person, dance like this person. And that's not where the magic comes from. Like I have been on auditions, like observing and seeing, witnessing how someone coming in with, it's a je ne sais quoi. They just have a something. And it's very much them. There's no like, oh, it reminds me of, no, no, no. When someone is truly, fully themselves, I think it's like a new level unlocked. Like you glow, you, you, you really do shine. And it's, it's a very powerful thing to not try mm-hmm. to, then we're all just versions, like wash down versions of ourselves. If we're just trying to be like someone else. I know this is not, you've heard this before, but it's, I emphasize it because I say that to myself still. I'm like, no, you're you. You are you. <laughs> if you try to be somebody else, you are a washed down version of yourself. That is, that's, that's going tattooed on the other butt cheek. Oh, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. I don't know how much space you'll have because I feel like you have many quotes never served for, for quotes. So I'm very honored that you have put out two of the quotes. There. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the last question then, this is, this is super hard. If you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see? It has to be a show. It cannot be a movie. It has to be a show. Interpret as you will. Oh, I'm wow. making it hard. Okay. Okay. Mm, my gut goes to Jurassic Park. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait. Okay, show. I'm going to say The Office. I'm going to say The Office. All right. And this, this is a TV show, I know. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just so feel good. It, 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 you can learn so much from it. I think powerful things are achieved through laughter. Um, and I don't know. They're just wonderful characters that make me smile. So I'm going to say The Office. I know it's not very theater. but um, There is an Office off-Broadway parody. There we go. There so, we go. There you go. There you go. Where can we find you online? Um, uh, at Ilda Mason on Instagram or IldaMason.com, which no one sees. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And everyone go see West Side Story. It is phenomenal. Oh, we didn't even cover uh, your, you're an artist in residence at the Abingdon Theater in Long Island City. So give them a plug real quick. Oh my God. I am so excited because I am going to be working. I, so I am an artist in residence with the Abingdon Theater Company. And I am so excited because we're working on this passion project. I cannot say much, but I'm very excited because it also talks about some really important topics of today. I am so excited to be a part of it. So thank you to the Abingdon Theater Company for having me because this is huge it's so huge i'm so excited that's so cool i am i am so happy like your your enthusiasm is like pouring out of the computer screen here and i'm it's like falling all over me and making me feel so good so (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you for sharing everything you can get more of me at the theaterpodcast.com i'm on instagram and twitter at theater underscore podcast Leave a rating and a review wherever you are listening now. This has been edited by Well-Rounded Hoodlum Productions. Thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and the outro music that is being played right now underneath us. And Ilda, thank you so much. I cannot wait to meet you in person one day. You are just like this shining beacon of of happiness. And I am so excited to see what's going to happen for you. You are so immensely talented. Thank you so much, Alan. I also look forward to meeting you in person, giving you a big, big, big hug. I'm, yeah... Can't wait to like see you in person soon. And thank you for this beautiful, wonderful chat. I've had the best time talking to you. You're thank welcome. You. My cheeks hurt. My Mine che- too. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.